Welcome to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast. Today, we have a super special guest. We have Isaiah from OnlineSellingPartner.com. We're going to talk about brand direct wholesale, especially in this episode. Man's got a nice setup in the office warehouse here, so we're excited to, to chop it up, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. What's up, man? Absolutely. Cool. So um, prior to us hopping on, you mentioned you had been selling on Amazon for eight years and you are actually younger than both of us. So tell us how you got started and everything, and then we'll get we'll get jamming on the more advanced stuff too. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, how old are you, by the way? Yeah, I'm 24. I'll be 25 next month. 26. 26. Okay. Yeah. What's Man, I got into the old guys group. What's going on? <laughs> facts, bro, facts, facts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I uh... I'll be I'll be 24 here by the end of the year, but um yeah, so I'm 23. Uh, started on eBay with my mom when I was 11. So really, if I didn't have my mom, uh, you know, putting that hustle into me uh, young, I I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So, a uh, big shout out to her. And we would go to yard sales, buy stuff, you know, do the classic uh, flipping uh, products on eBay. And, and then when I was 15, I, I was on Amazon. I told my mom, I was like, Hey, there's this little button here that says sell on Amazon. We need to like do it, you know? And she's like, Oh no, you know, we, we're doing eBay. It's fine. And I said, yeah, let's, let's click this button. So I had never seen a course. I'd never, you know, nothing. I just clicked the button, sell on Amazon, filled out the form. And, uh, I we were at a storage auction. We, we used to buy storage unit auctions. Did you guys ever do that? No, no. but I I know it's cool and like uh, I'm sure it's an experience. I've watched videos of people that do it. Definitely. Yeah, not probably the best thing to do, but it's fun because you don't know what you're gonna get, right? You just yeah. open a box and it could be full of jewelry or it could be full of uh you know social security mail from the last you know, 15 years of their life. <laughs> you know, so it's just like random stuff you get. Um, but I, I remember there was some video games and I had a uh, Pokemon Ruby uh, GBA game uh, in there. And it was selling on eBay, which eBay had a lot of counterfeits of GBA, or it probably still does, of, of, of GBA games. And so it was selling on eBay for like 20, 25 bucks on average back in 2015 and i don't know what they sell for now but on amazon it was selling for like 40 i was like man this is you know quite a difference there so um so i threw it up on amazon and i was like eh, i'll be a dollar cheaper than the lowest guy and then like uh you know within five minutes i literally get my uh, an email that says oh, it's yeah. sold and i'm like this does not happen on eBay, right? Like you don't just get something sold that quick unless you're like drastically underpriced, you know? I'm like still way higher than the market on eBay and I'm only a dollar cheaper than the other guy. I'm like, this is this is crazy. So I was like, let me try another item. <laughs> you know, I threw it on there and it's like, boom, it sold. I was like, okay, I've, I've found something amazing, right? And uh, so I, you know, I was doing FBM, just still buying stuff at yard sales, selling it on Amazon as used. And then um, I my first FBA experience was some uh, a guy at a yard sale was selling direct TV remotes. He was a direct TV sales person or something. And he had like a whole case of remotes brand new and they were 25 cents each. And I bought the whole box and I sold them on Amazon uh, FBA 
for $15 each and they all sold within a couple of days. And I was like, this is amazing. You know, <laughs> I bought it for a quarter, sold them for 15 bucks. And then I started doing um, RA. I don't know if either of you guys know a, a Ryan Grant from Online Selling Experiment. Oh, no. I, I think yeah. I maybe briefly heard of it, but no, no. It sounds yeah, like yeah. he was pretty helpful for you again, going. Hey, I, yeah. So I, I ran across his blog. So it was the first like actual Amazon anything. I, I, I was, I don't know what I was, I think I was typing in something on Google about, you know, buying clearance at Target. Is that okay, you know, to sell on Amazon? And like his blog came up and he was blogging his experience from leaving a $50,000 a year job to full-time Amazon. And it was really cool. He would show his financials every month, like, and he was accountant. So he had like really good financials. And then anyway, so he, he reading his blog gave me a lot of like RA tips in the beginning. And uh, so that was kind of, that was cool to, to have Ryan. So I always, you know, like to shout out to Ryan. Um, he probably uh, doesn't listen to any of this stuff, but if he is, thanks Ryan for that blog. And uh, so anyway, so I, I did that and I kept growing and, um, and, and by 2018, I had, uh, in that year from January to August, I had sold 14,000 items with RA and not really much wholesale, it was mainly RA and, um, and liquidation. We did a lot of, you know, like liquidation stuff. And I had one guy full-time helping me in, in my garage ship. Actually, it was funny. I used his garage to ship the stuff or in his mom's basement. And that, that was fun. And then we got hit with one of those classic uh, uh, counterfeit IP complaints. And then we got hit with another one. And then we got hit with another one. And uh, those three counterfeit IP complaints uh, shut down the entire account. Um, I had $40,000 at Amazon that they were holding and said, you know, you're guilty until proven innocent and all this stuff. And they were asking me for invoices and I didn't have invoices. And so I was trying to appeal and and it was just this whole mess which uh have any of either of you been through that experience i yeah. haven't yeah because we do like since the beginning it's been all oa so we've always had documentation on stuff so i get hit with stuff like every couple of days but i'm always able to beat, to beat it now though because it will and and luckily they made it a lot easier to beat too yeah Correct. Like I, I've seen people now will they'll literally just buy the stuff on an Amazon business account and then yeah, dude, I'm sure. like, dude, that wouldn't that didn't Amazon business didn't even exist back in like yeah. 2015, 16 when I was doing that. So but anyway, that was I guess 2018. And I'd never would have even thought of that. But and so I was shut down for eight months and they were holding that four grand for eight months. It was all I had. You know, I was in credit card debt. I had all this stuff. Um, and I didn't I didn't really know what to do. So I hired this Amazon consulting agency. They were zero help. I did over 40 appeals. I reached out to the Jeff at amazon.com email. I did everything. And so finally, I don't know, somebody gave me this idea. How about I go to LinkedIn and, and uh, try to reach out to some VPs at Amazon on LinkedIn. So I went to LinkedIn and I started just DMing like as many Amazon leadership people that I could find. I didn't know what I was doing. And I literally within 48 hours, I had all of my money back in my account. Ooh, let's go. Persistence a, right there. Yeah. Uh, I had a call from Amazon Seattle from, Am it was Jeff Bezos's technical advisor at the time <laughs> who literally called or his assistant called me and apologized 
for what Amazon did to me. So that that was that was pretty crazy. But by that time, I had make made up my mind. I am never selling on Amazon again. It is a <laughs> nightmare, and yeah. it's, it is not what I'm going to do. Um, so I'm going to do real estate. And so I went to get my real estate license, and I, I was doing all that, and found out I'm not necessarily really good at uh, at real estate. Uh, as a realtor, that would take a lot of work to get good at that. Um, but I was good at flipping stuff. And so I was still, so I decided, well, maybe I'll flip stuff on eBay. So then I was doing that. I was really hesitant to sell something on my Amazon account that was now back given to me. Um, but uh, I said, okay, if I'm going to do this again, I'm going to work directly with the manufacturers or distributors. So I have documentation. So I started knocking on doors. I literally went to Google. I typed in manufacturers near me. And I started knocking on doors of manufacturers and said, hey, can I work with you, help you sell your products on Amazon? And I would get the weirdest manufacturers, like people that would manufacture like um, interior vinyl for an airplane. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like stuff that you wouldn't sell on Amazon, right? And uh, and so most of the people just thought I was crazy. But eventually I hit this local candle company that had sold on Amazon and then uh, they were shut down also. And they were doing about a million dollars a year on, on Shopify or plus somewhere in there. And uh, they said, Hey, we actually have another Amazon sellers is going to represent us. Um, and I said, well, can you just give me a try? Just give me one line of candles. Give me something. So they, so I built this relationship and the guy kind of like respected the hustle of knocking on his door. So yeah. he was, he's like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll give you some candles here, you know? And so I worked out this deal with him where, you know, the way his business model worked, he had all these variations of different flavors or scents and, uh, sizes and of candles and on his website. And then the customer would order it and then he would make it to order type of thing. So he had very low like inventory, um, at, at any time. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I kind of essentially matched his model on Amazon and I made like these really cool variation listings and uh, and then kind of did like a dropship model with him where I would get the order and then send it to him. And so the guy that had partnered with him previous, like two weeks before I showed up, the first month he sold 18 candles and I sold a thousand candles. Holy so, shit. Yeah. So you're yeah, making so money quick with that. And why was your stuff selling so much quicker? Was it the listings were way better or like ads or what? Um, I didn't do much ads at all. If I did any, it was, it was the variations, uh, variation families. I did, um, backend, uh, with batch files, you know, seller central batch files where I created these massive variation families of like 150, <laughs> 200 up to a thousand variations on an ASIN and people could pick out like, cause there was like different surprises in the candles also. Exactly yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. could pick exactly what they wanted. And then also one review got attributed to all the ACEs, right? So then for that particular niche, that was exactly what needed to happen. Uh, and so that really helped. And then from there, I created more variation families, more things that uh, whatever single listings started selling well, I did FBA on those. Uh, but it, it was really cool. And it, it was, I, I, I had no, sometimes I think it's better for entrepreneurs not to have like a preconceived idea of how they're going to do something. I completely more... agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I completely agree. Cause you were, you were a self-motivator from the get-go and so was I, so was Garrett. That's why it worked. A lot of people need that kind of structure, but yeah, I completely agree for like the real killers. Yeah. Because it, it's, you're, 
you don't really have a, you don't really know how you're supposed to do it. It's more just like, I'm going to figure out how it works. And I think why a lot of companies get stale is because they think, okay, this is how it's always been done. But when you could come in and say, Hey, I could just knock on this guy's door and I could do it this way. And because that's the situation, this is how it works. Right. And then, you know, we kind of, we're like, well, how do, how do we get paid? And I went up to him and I said, Hey, Amazon pays me every two weeks. I'll pay you what Amazon pays me. And, uh, and he's like, well, you know, so it was, it was really cool. We like created the deal together based on our, uh, situation. So it's kind of neat when you, when you can be an entrepreneur, especially when you're starting to just like not really know what you're supposed to do, but just figure it out. Sure. And so, so yeah, so from there I was like, okay, this is a business model. Um, cause we grew that to $2 million in revenue and no, I, I it, it was, you know, a struggle. It was hard and spending a lot of time. It was pretty much just that one brand, 2 million in revenue. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just doing it full time. And then, um, and I was, and I was doing a little bit of buy from distributors, uh, wholesale uh, on the side too. Um, and so I, I had those two things going and, um, in 2020, uh, you know, everything blew up and everybody wanted yeast to make bread at home. And so I, I, you know, it was one of my guys was doing RA, he scanned the yeast product and it was like number two bestseller grocery. And it was selling for like crazy profit. Um, we would buy the yeast at $2 and 50 cents a pound, and we would sell it for $20 on Amazon, um, where the average price on Amazon was $10 so that the price doubled on Amazon. Um, and it, it, anyway, so I, we, we got a hold of all the distributors that sold yeast and we bought pallets of yeast, so much yeast. And, uh, I think we got our hands on over 15,000 units, um, that, you know, our profit was $10 a pop. And so I had this huge, you know, uh, chunk of $150,000 profit that we sold in a week. And <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was pretty fun. I wish I could do that every week. Uh, but, uh, that those, those are really rare because not only do you have to have this crazy demand, but you also have to have the product. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. It's kind of hard it's to, typically those are opposite. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. So yeah, usually it's hard. So like after I got those pallets of yeast, I couldn't find yeast again. And by the time I could find it, the price had got went back down to like ten dollars, and it was like worthless. Um. So anyway, so I had all this money, and I said, okay, I can do a lot of things here, but now I have something where I could actually build a team, like professional people that knew what they were talking about that I could go to these brands because my vision was to be able to go to these brands and really build partnerships with them. Like I had with the candle company, but do it with bigger brands, brands that had more, um, you know, brand equity and, and I, we could scale even farther and, and all of those things. So, uh, so I started hiring, uh, you know, corporate people, like uh, I hired a, a CEO uh, right away. He had come from fortune 500 companies. Uh, is a, a guy I knew from my past and he really helped me be able to talk to the brands, be able to set up my business structure and also manage the team because I didn't want to be a manager. And so that was one of the first things I did is I, I hired him and then I started hiring, um, you know, Amazon account management, uh, sales and, uh, you know, more people in the warehouse. You know, I started just hiring this team so that we could scale what we were doing 
um, on the brand side. And then also yeah. my CEO really helped me with contracts and everything. Sure. Can you kind of walk through just kind of how your business model differs from a lot of wholesale sellers, just for anyone yeah. who kind of might not be um, familiar? Because I think it's pretty interesting. It's very unique to what we've had, you know, in the prior 130 episodes. Oh, nice. Um, so what what I do is is I, 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 I identified very early on that I hate fighting over the buy box. Like, and, and, and maybe some people think it's a fun game. I think it's stupid and it's, it doesn't, I don't like it anyway. Um, but so how can I actually provide value to the brands that I don't have to just play this buy box fighting game? How can I actually provide enough value to them where I can be the only seller and it's a win-win-win situation? Um, when you're just doing wholesale and you're one of 10 sellers on an item, you're not providing any value to the brand. You're just leeching off of their brand value. Um, you know, if you go away, there's nine other sellers that can take your place. There's nothing, there's, there's no real reason why you're, why you're, uh, going to last. So a lot of, uh, wholesale companies over time, uh, you're always hunting for the next deal. So you don't necessarily, uh, it, it's sometimes it, you might have a good supplier relationship sometimes, but actually the brands that you're actually selling on Amazon probably don't really like you. And I've noticed that a lot because I get all these like cease and desist letters and, you know, all, you know, <laughs> I'm not, but at the end of the day, you're not really providing any value to the brand. So if you could go in and really provide value to the brand and say, Hey, I can update your photos on Amazon. I could run your ads. I can uh, make you have a storefront. I could, uh, do all of these things for you. But in return for that, I want to be your only seller. And so, because you can't even run ads without controlling the buy box. And so the, a lot of the brands are like, well, yeah, if you could solve all my headaches on Amazon, because, you know, we don't really like having 10 wholesalers. You know, we can't control the content. We don't really, you know, we, we have no control of what's going on in the Amazon uh, space. And so then, you know, it's hard to get that relationship and it's hard to win that. But when you do that, you hunt once and you can build that one brand up to one, two, three, four, five, ten million dollars in recurring revenue that happens every single year um, just by hunting once. And you don't have to worry about constantly, you know, going and finding the next wholesale deal or, hey, what if I'm worried about a bunch of other resellers going to come on and beat you out of the buy box? Um, but at the end of the day, you're building a lasting business model that's actually bringing value to the brands you're working with. Sure. Basically. So how it works is right. So, um, you essentially do you use their Amazon account or is it all through yours? All, all through mine. Cool. Wow. So you got a lot of control with that. Basically and the idea is that like, you know, you guys work with them to make sure the listings are good, but you're the only seller no essentially, one's... right? So you have flexibility over price, you have flexibility over the demand, um, everything like that. And, and what does that look like? Cause that's essentially like B2B sales, essentially name. You got to like, you know, prove me that, uh, you know, you guys can, you know, really do it and everything like that. Yeah. That's why I hired like 50 year old corporate people. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. And then how do you, how do you make money from it? Is it, do you get like a percentage of revenue or do you actually buy the products from them or how does it work? It's wholesale. Yeah. You're buying the product. Oh, um, cool. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. yeah that makes sense then. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's wholesale. So, so yeah, so I'll go to a brand and I'm just going to give a random brand example, like, uh, you know, let's, let's say, um, you know, Nike shoes or whatever. So, uh, you know, Nike's a huge 
companies would be hard to take all of their business, right? But let's say you went to Nike and said, hey, I'm just going to take your Air Jordan line. Okay, right now, um, you're, you are you hate Amazon. I know Nike hates Amazon. How about I just take the Air Jordan line? I control your price points because a lot of times brands hate that Amazon pushes their price points down with a lot of sellers or a lot of things. So one thing we're going to do, we're going to control your price points. We're going to control the content that happens on Amazon. And we're going to control what searches you come up with, with advertising and everything like that. Um, we're going to do all of these things, but you're going to have to work with us, right? And so um, so then we work to try to find, you know, holes in distribution to control the distribution. Um, and we also, you know, we start uh, stocking the product. So we'll stock their full line of their Air Jordan line with all of the different sizes and everything. Um, you know, we'll stock some at my warehouse here. We'll stock it in Amazon and we're purchasing the product. We either purchase the product on a consignment model or uh, like a 30 day terms or 60 day nice. terms, you know, whatever it is. And, and then we can accurately forecast demand. We can actually compete against Adidas instead of competing against a bunch of other resellers. Right. So you're, you're actually, your, your, your mindset has to be like, if I was the brand, what would I want? Right. So it, it I had to completely shift because I was the scrappy RA seller, uh, wholesale seller to that. All I cared about was how do I get a bunch of money off the flip for me to how can I help brands and how can I put my, my, my head into their shoes so that I can help, uh, bring value to them and what they would want on Amazon, not what I would want on Amazon. So a lot of our audience is probably fulfilling sort of that wholesale model that you talked about in terms of like buying from suppliers or distribution companies, or maybe even but brands, but also sharing that listing with a, a bunch of other sellers. What is sort of, and, and they, they want to take that first step in, in identifying potential opportunities where they can provide that value, improve listings, update titles, bullet points, all those sorts of things. So what, can you say from a, a, a macro perspective is sort of the important aspects of a good listing and what would you tell them to sort of look for um, in terms of some of, the, some of the bad listings they're probably on? So for me, I'll give you a real live example. So it was a company called Dakota Lithium and um, they were one of our first partners. I think I signed them in 2019 maybe. Uh, and what uh, they, they were they had two ASINs on Amazon. And if you went to their website, they actually had eight or nine or 10 different products. But on Amazon, there was only two. And both of them were FBM. They weren't prime. And there was uh, one photo, right? No crazy, nice look at descriptions, no Amazon storefront. Like right under the title, you'll see the brand of the product on Amazon. And if it says, go to the xyz store then they actually have an amazon storefront um and so brands that don't have storefronts you can automatically know that they're not doing the basics right brands that only have one photo on the listings they're not doing the basics they don't have a fba uh, presence or prime presence they're not doing the basics those are all really easy things to to identify and so we solved all those problems for that brand and listed the rest of their catalog and we went from making like you know, $15,000 a year with that brand to like, you know, 1.5 million uh, in three months. So, I mean, it's like night and day if you can just do the basics. Interesting. So I, it, I feel like that makes a ton of sense. And it's also a really kind of unique model and that like almost no one's talking about that stuff. You know what I mean? Like a, 
Uh, and it might be that, you know, kind of thing for you. But like, I haven't heard anyone talking about like, you know, really doing that. People don't want to take the time to really learn that or do the research to find stuff going on um, like that. So uh, you alluded to it off camera. What does the operation actually look like? I know you're in your warehouse right now. How big is it? How many people are working there? All that kind of stuff. If you share revenue numbers, like the whole operation, that kind of thing. Yeah, just give me one second and I'll, I might show you. So here's the office. Oh, all right, cool, cool. Okay, we'll cut that. All right, fire. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. So here, here's the, <laughs> here's the warehouse, right? And then, um, so there's you know one of my buyers that just walked past me. Here's the little kitchen, but here's the warehouse. So oh, shit. So yeah. So there's the there's the Eric Castellano shot. So that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the warehouse, and um, you know, I got. FBA prep down there. We actually have our own semi truck that goes directly to Amazon. Oh, neat. Okay, cool, cool. We do a lot of cool stuff. I started off with a U-Haul truck, then I went up to a box truck, and then a semi truck. Um, but yeah, I actually started in my SUV delivering directly to FBA. Um, but uh, decided anyway. That that's an that's a fun story. Cool. And then, so you obviously didn't hop into that huge one initially. I think you said sixty thousand square feet, right? Yeah, that's where we're at now. Um, I, I also I have a three PL um operation too in there. Oh, so that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. All um all our stuff, but it's uh it's a lot of our stuff. But I you know I'm not looking to expand my three PL operation. I it's not my core. Something mm-hmm. thing entrepreneurs do. They think they can do everything, but I'm realizing that I just want to focus on what I'm good at. So I've been trying to cut things, like, uh, but anyway. So in, in terms of moving forward the next six to 12 months, are you actively looking for new brands to partner with? And if yeah. so, what are some of the steps that you take to find potential brands that may be a good fit for your company? Yeah. So this is um, something that, I, well, I st- used to start off with just asking my friends and family, have you ever went to Amazon and noticed something that was kind of overly expensive that was cheaper other places? Or have you found something that uh, wasn't on Amazon that you think should have been on Amazon? So I would ask my friends and family those two questions. And those were the the questions that I would be able to identify brands that were either extremely overpriced or were not on Amazon, but should be be on Amazon. So if you ask your friends and family those questions, those are easy ways uh, to get started. Um, Now we're a little more sophisticated. We we actually use Smart Scout. Do you you guys use Smart Scout? Yeah, yeah we have Scott. I don't use it, but I, I, we've had Scott on the show. I've been on his show. He's a great dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I like Scott too. I, so I use smart scout and I filter what brands I'm looking for on as far as their revenue size, what categories they're in. And, you know, um, you can even have like a, a brand score, which is basically how, how well do they have a storefront on Amazon? Do they not? You can kind of see, do they know what they're doing? Do they not? How many resellers do they have? Do they have an Amazon 1P relationship? Blah, 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 blah. And I kind of, we've been adjusting filters of kind of what our target customer is, but uh, then we take those brands and then we have a uh, really, really sophisticated way that we find brand contact information of the decision makers at the brands. And then we uh, call them and email them and LinkedIn and text them and, 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 and until we can get their attention. Um, and then we, uh, we, we build a relationship and those types of relationships, a brand's not going to sign with you overnight, 
you got to build the relationship, you know, start buying from them, be a wholesale seller from them, like build that relationship. And then you could work towards uh, being an actual brand partnership and actual exclusive. I yeah, think that's a big piece in the wholesale space because I mean, something Miles and I talk about all the time is, is the pure volume that's needed and required to really get this thing off and off the ground. Right. And a lot of people get so caught up in, you know, calling or reaching out to 500 a month, but then realize that yeah, a lot of those aren't going to respond. You'll get a lot of no's. You may get 50, 175 yeses, but the real value, the real potential accounts are going to be in the ones that don't respond and in the ones that say no. And it's always going to be in that follow-up. Yeah. Not only that, I would much rather be a sniper than a machine gun on that because, you know, uh, I, I probably, we, we reach out to a very small amount of brands uh, compared to like you're saying, like, I, I think I had a guy reach out to me and said he made like 2,600 different brand cold calls in wholesale. I'm like, man, I, I made maybe uh, 50. Wow. Yeah. And it's neat. You know? Yeah. The way, yeah, you're able to get so much more revenue out of each relationship and, uh, yeah. and everything, but you also know what you want. You went through that process to then, yeah. you know, find the ideal client and, uh, Correct. and everything like that. And so do you think like the future is you starting your own private label? Cause you're probably super familiar with that process or what do you see as like kind of the, the road to future growth? So I'd recommend all of you guys to look up pattern. It's if you look up yeah. seller and you look up the largest Amazon sellers out there, Pattern is doing a billion dollars in revenue with all that I'm doing. So like this is inf infinitely, quote unquote, scalable. Pattern's going to be a hundred million or a hundred billion dollar company. That's where they're going. Um, they're adding over a billion dollars in revenue on their uh, exclusive brands like every year after this. Like that's where they're going. Um and so there's a ton of room for this model, but so I don't have to do the private label, but I do think that private label does come with some advantages. I've done a little bit of dabbled in private label before. Um, and, and the nice part is you don't have to deal with the brand. You are the brand and you have a sellable asset that's yeah. way more sellable than than what, what I have. I mean, what I have is still sellable, but it's not as sellable as owning your own brand. So yes, I do think that eventually I will get into it. But when I launch a private label brand, I want to launch a $5 million private label brand. I don't want to launch just this little like $100,000 a year private label brand that's going to be eaten up by a bunch of Chinese factories. I want to launch a real brand that has real brand value and is doing like, you know, that I can do like $5 million in revenue, you know, within two years and, uh, you know, actually do it right. And I'm learning from all the brands that I work with how they did it, how they built their brands. Because if you can build a brand outside of Amazon and and still be making, you know, $10 million a year outside of Amazon, you know, you can learn a lot from those people. Sure. So obviously you're, uh, go ahead, Miles. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, as we um, finish up here, like what are some of the big mistakes you see, whether it be like wholesale, Amazon sellers, just in general making that maybe you made as well that uh, hopefully our viewership can avoid? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I made a ton of mistakes and I continue to make lots of mistakes. Um, but uh, one thing is is stay humble and always learning. So, you know, whenever you you go in thinking that, you know, you're, you know, more than the next guy, you, you probably don't. Um, so 
make sure when you're you're going and approaching customers or suppliers or brands or whatever, just stay humble, stay honest, um, be confident, but just just stay humble. And so I, that's one thing I've always I've learned over time is just honing my skill of uh, of, of being of humility wins in the long run. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, but another thing that I see that Amazon sellers are doing a lot is they uh, they get co- so caught up in the short term money and they don't think about the long term, especially young guys, especially me, right? Where I'm like, hey, it's all about how can I make a quick buck now? Which hey, selling and making $150,000 in yeast in a week was so much fun, and I loved that. But I I need to be thinking about am I going to be building a company? See, I'm going for a hundred million dollar company. That's that's where I'm going, right? And am I making the decisions now that really set me up for the next two years, the next four years, the next eight years, or am I just going for the quick money? And if you want to just do the quick money, that's 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 fine. But you probably, if you're young, you should be thinking about what you're going to be doing when you're 30. What are you going to be doing when you're 40? And you should be setting your, yourself up for the long run. And at the end of the day, you really need if you want long-term on Amazon, you need to be selling your own brand or selling someone else's brand and building that relationship with them. In my opinion, if you want to be selling the same thing for the next five, 10 years. Yeah. Really well said, man. Yeah. And then where can people find you on social media? I know I, I recently, we met on Twitter. Have you been on there a little while? Are you just getting into it? I just get into Twitter, um, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn as Isaiah Fritz, um, on Twitter, uh, as Isaiah Fritz OSP, but I'd love for you guys to reach out to me if there's anything I can do to help. Um, I, I just I just want to help people, especially young people uh, that, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, it's like it's this is hard, but it's so rewarding. And the, the most awesome thing about what I do is not only uh, has it been great for me and my family, but I can help so many other people and along the way. And when I was just doing the wholesale model, um, you know, out of my garage, it was cool, but it's like, how much impact can you bring to others? And as you scale, you can just bring more impact to others, which is super rewarding. Sweet. Well, that's what's up, man. Well, thanks a lot for coming on that, especially that last couple of minutes. I think you're completely right. I completely agree um, with uh, with all that and everything, but it's been a good time. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Make sure to check out the man on LinkedIn with our boy Corey over on LinkedIn and then Twitter as well <laughs> on uh, on that. So that, that's what's up, man. Thanks a lot for coming on. Hey, appreciate you guys having us. Cool. Thanks. Thanks everyone for listening as well.